Hi everyone and welcome back to Symptoms of War. Today is our final episode and we're so happy to share it with you guys. Today I'm here with, if you don't already know her, Jana, do you want to say hi? Yeah, hi guys. I'm really sad this is going to be over, but forgive us again. I will be glad to talk with my fellow classmates, Madison and Marielle. Madison, you want to say hello? Yeah, hi guys. Thank you for, you know, following us on this journey. Um, it's been very fun. I've very much enjoyed working on this project. Yeah, and as you know, I'm Marielle, and we just wanted to connect some essential ideas to our books, and we wanted to touch into our daily lives and how that relates to the things we've been reading, and here we go. So in our daily lives, um, recently I've seen a whole bunch of like rise in power of leaders as well as like in our, um, like the news and the media or even in our own classrooms. We mentioned this in our later podcast and some of the questions that really like I popped in my head is like what the importance of leadership is or like how integrity affects responsibility and in these books um we see all these characters or in our daily lives we see all these people have a struggle or succeed in having something that's related towards these questions um i would like to start off with lord of flies um i know we all read this book together and this is a very very strong book if you haven't read Lord of the Flies, you should go check it out. It's by William Golding. Um, so I don't know about you guys, Marielle and um, Madison, but when reading this book, I saw like many good and moral ethics. I saw good and evil ones, right, guys? Like um, how Jack, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I read this book, I saw a lot of connections to our lives. And the thing that I saw pointed out the most and more and more and more as the book progressed was how does a leader rise during a crisis? I mean, here you have a bunch of teenage boys who we know from experience are not exactly the most morally direct or always choose the right thing. And you have them together with no adult supervision and you expect them to form a society. And it's like, which boy is going to rise and be a leader and actually make the right choices, not the fun choices. It's hard enough to sometimes get a boy in a classroom to volunteer to read. And can you imagine asking one to lead and kind of being the bad guy in some people's eyes? Because when I was little, if someone told me you can't have fun, I didn't see them as doing the right thing. I saw them as being annoying. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I would have been like, if I was, you know, as kids, their true nature is usually they're the adults in the room would you know take care of it, right? But in this book, we see true human nature because these uh, boys don't actually have an actual source of authority. And so what happens is that because they represent society, um, they basically split off um, into two groups, right? We have Ralph on one side and Jack on the other. Um, Jack was... Um, even though he was 
um, Wally is totally incorrect in my eyes. He also had what it was like to be a real, uh, like a good leader. He had um, the characteristics to be a good leader, but like not like a good leader. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like he is. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, what's what's funny about Jack is that he took it into consideration of when his group wanted, and his group wanted to hunt, and so he he knew um, when being a good leader, you need to have the best interest in your group and team because that will make them closer together, creating a bond, so they work together. Um, even though like. He was like horrible in this book, but uh, he still had one of the traits to be a leader. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there was definitely a difference in um, Ralph and Jack's techniques as far as getting people on board with their plans. Um, I think that Jack definitely knew how to do it better. Like, of course, if you promise young boys with fun over work, they're of course going to choose you, but it wasn't the right thing. And it's why they kind of lost their sanity is because they didn't have work and stuff to kind of ground them. But I think something that we've been overlooking is actually manipulation of the press. And we see that a lot today, like certain newspapers and certain TV networks are, you know, they have their own political beliefs. And no matter what happens in the news, they're always going to publish what is their political beliefs. And I saw this recently when I read um, an article and it was called The Real Lord of the Flies and it was by Rudder Bregman. And it was about, there was actually a, sh- a group of boys that were shipwrecked on an island and they made the best of it. Like they did a great job. They, um, they made their own little civilization. They were able to burn fire for a whole year to make smoke signals. They hollowed out these trees to collect rainwater. You know, they had their whole systems set up and they were rescued and it was all good but I really think that I mean what does that say about um what does that say about Golding that he thinks that humanity is always that dark like these boys they became best friends on the island rather than start a war you know they agreed on leaders and they had pairs so there wasn't like one direct person in power but it really does show that there's more than one side to the story and that not all humanity is bad. Cause when you read Lord of the flies and you look at what's going on, I mean, you're like, wow, we live in this horrible society. Well, that's not always true. So we have to make sure we know the facts before we can come to any conclusions. That's yeah, super totally, totally, Madison. I'm super um, interested in like reading that article because you're right. I never really thought maybe Golding is like kind of giving us a bad rep in terms of like society. Maybe he had something go wrong when he was little that made him kind of biased against teenage boys. Yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're totally right, guys, about how it's not all society that's horrible, right? It's not everything bad. And when we go to like a, a very um, quiet leader, um, all leaders don't need to be outspoken, well-known, popular. Good leaders could be someone that you have beside you, like your parent or a friend. And they, the humble leaders are the, hum, um, are the best types of leaders in my opinion. Because even though they, they have certain powers and certain things, they don't want their power or show it off. 
And in symptoms of being human, I see a big leader show. And that's Riley. Uh, we mentioned Riley in our other podcast. Um, if you don't know who Riley is, they identify as a gender fluid. And they created a blog that was viral. Um, one of my favorite quotes from that book was Riley Quick's quote. Feeling gratified and honestly kind of fired up. Giving advice to strangers felt weird at first, but they started to like it. It makes them feel like their situation isn't so hopeless. It makes them feel brave. Even though she doesn't have enough strength in the beginning of the book or towards the middle, I guess, to um, come out because of her dad's um, campaign and because of the bullying, she still is a leader because she inspires people to come out or do things. She is a very natural leader, which I think that really represents us. Not all leaders have to be flashy, right guys? I agree. I agree. I think that inspiring others is a very good quality in any leader. Like if you're getting your people that you're ruling over, if you're getting them excited about something, if you're encouraging them to be who they are, I think that Riley is the real leader in this story. I mean, we see a lot of power dynamic shifts, you know, her, um, their father is, you know, running a campaign. So obviously he's in turn to be one of the leaders and we see popular people but riley is the true leader of this story i think another thing we should like remember is um sometimes you can be a leader to just one person um and the number of times riley went on that blog and helped someone through the same thing they were going through i mean when riley was talking to that person on the blog who was saying that they didn't want to be here anymore they didn't feel safe they wanted to end it all on those train tracks i mean riley had absolutely no experience dealing with that yet riley still managed to type something that made that person feel like they weren't alone high school itself is hard enough when you follow all the rules but when you're different and you know you're different and a lot of people don't accept you especially your own parents that's just makes it way harder and having someone on the internet whether it's anonymous and you just know there's another person out there who knows exactly what you're going through that must make them feel less alone and riley did that for so many people he made a whole safe network and a safe world for them and i mean riley it's not like riley was a trained psychologist just a teenager who just wanted other people to know the same thing. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, right, Madison? Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that um, wholeheartedly. Um, so, what I've seen is that, you know how we have good leaders, humble leaders, but every single person on this planet has to and can relate to having integrity, um, to be a good person, to have social responsibility or just responsibility in general. And so I want to go on the meeting. So what is integrity? Um, integrity means to be honest and have strong moral principles. And in society, um, I believe there's two different types of things you can do to obtain integrity. Well, not obtain, but you can um, not gain integrity. So that is playing dirty versus playing fair. 
And so, and basically, in society, it is seen that one follows rules, so integrity is a good person. The only thing is that society does not wait for the weak, and playing dirty gives you the advantage over others that no one else would have had. Um, I watched this great TED Talk, you should check it out if you have it, called How to Understand Power by Eric Bloom. And she states that power is static. It's always either accumulating or decaying in a civic arena. So if you're going to take action, I mean, if, so if you aren't taking action, you're acted upon. And so I know that um, if you play dirty, let's say you cheat on a math test, you have the advantage that people who study very, very hard didn't have. Because they didn't have the answer. They just studied really hard. And they might not get the same score that you got when you cheated. However, this does go against the principles of integrity. Once you ruin your integrity, you're basically ruining your responsibility as a person, right guys? Like, um, I, I don't know about you guys, but um, if you see someone cheat or uh, do something, it makes you feel kind of less, right? Like, well, I studied for that too, but they still have the upper hand. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I also watched that TED talk. I found it very interesting. You know, the if you aren't acting, you're being acted upon. Um, and I think that really brings out um, something that we haven't talked much about is the importance of bad leadership. And I've been thinking about this one a lot is that, you know, of course, good leaders, they, you know, they make us want to be whoever we want. And they're very important. But I think there's an element of importance in having a bad leader because bad leadership can really make us see who we really are. And, you know, if we sometimes having a bad leadership can bring us together as a community and, you know, we are able to express things and say things that need to be said. And we've seen that a lot recently with the BLM movements, um, you know, we were under a certain leadership and something that had that has had to be said for multiple years now finally came out and it's getting better you know we're doing something people make things happen when they're pushed to and i think that we really need that in society i agree sometimes i think you can compare power to leadership because i think power is just the ability to make someone else do what you want them to do but leadership is actually gaining their respect enough where they choose to do it because they want to follow you. And I kind of think you can almost compare it to like a group project because I don't know if you've ever been in a group project where there's one person who's just telling everyone what else to do, but they're not doing a single thing themselves. Oh, yeah, I kind of see that as just so power. Unfair. And they're like, oh, you have the best handwriting, you write this. Oh, you have the best computer, you type this and then put my name on it at the end. And so the people kind of join together and are like, we're gonna do it. And then we don't really need you. But then you can also have a project where there's the leader and they're like, what does everyone wanna do? And they kind of just help guide it. And I think those are the best ones because then there's clearly someone who knows what they're doing. And then everyone feels comfortable putting everyone's names on the projects because I mean, we've we're in high school now. We've all had awful group projects. This one isn't, but. <laughs> yeah. You guys have a very good equal amount of power amongst the three of us that I really like. I agree. 
Yeah, and even though this was a group project, I had so much fun. Um, and so, like, how do you guys feel about this quarantine? Like, I'm having a hard time just making sure that I don't go outside. But you know, it's like it's like my own responsibility, and it's my integrity you know, to not go outside. And this is what's keeping me indoors. It's that I know that if I go outside, most likely I could get the corona. And I can spread it, and that would be horrible to other people. And this is something that Amy Silverstein has.、Um, she wrote an article. It's called "Social Responsibility," and basically,、um, she basically said the, pan- the pandemic was created a lot,、uh, has created a lot of natural opportunities to reinforce these values of social responsibility and social solidarity with our kids, and because you know. I know there's a lot of people going out,、uh, seeing their friends. So it's, it's safe to do it responsibly once in a while. Make sure you're like six feet apart, wearing a mask. But some people aren't not. They're going to parties. They're、um, they're hugging. They're kissing so and so. And so we don't see the virus spreading, right? I want to see you guys. Yeah, honestly, it's yeah. A, um. I personally, at this point, cannot stand my family. I have loved them for all 15 years of my life, but within the past two months, I have grown so tired of them. But so I just stay in my room because I know the minute I go outside and I hang out with people, like, what if someone's grandma's affected? Like, I don't that can't I don't want my responsibility to be that at 15. Like, I'm just gonna stay in my room and do my thing because that's my responsibility. It's the One of the few things I actually have to do. I don't have a job yet. I don't have like someone I'm supporting. I go to school, and I stay home. And it's kind of the worst, and not having a great time at all. But、um, it's just it's what I have to do, and I feel bad that that's what a lot of people have to do. And then I feel even sad when I see my friends going out and partying, and I know they've been out partying within two weeks, so I can't even hang out with them when this is over for a while. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I feel bad. I snap at my parents all the time because I'm irritated all the time, because it felt like going into sophomore year, all these doors were gonna open. I was gonna get to go out. I was gonna get to see all these new people, make new friends, and then that door kind of closed in my face. And they said, if you open it, you're a bad person because you're hurting other people. And so now I'm just sitting here and I'm waiting for things to calm down. There's gonna be a vaccine. I just know that my responsibility as an individual human being on this earth is to wear the mask and then stay away from other people. Madison, what do you think? For sure, I 100% agree with that statement. And I have、um, another thing is that、um, our responsibility right now is to make sure that we're getting our work done for school because I know. It's not fun, and we'd all rather be doing something that makes us happy, especially in times like this. Like, I would much rather be FaceTiming my friends and trying to do what I can to make myself happy, so I don't go crazy. But also, I think that doing our work kind of helps us, helps keep us in some sort of, you know, repetition. You know, we have a schedule, and that's the only thing that's kind of. The same as our old life is that we still have school. I mean, it's not the same, but we still have to do it. And I really think that part of that is just really keeping us grounded. I mean, it's driving us crazy, but at least we're not 
you know, just free falling. And I think that that brings us back to Lord of the Flies is that that kind of work had to keep them grounded. And if they chose not to do it, they kind of went crazy. So. No, that's a really good point. The connection to Lord of the Flies. I didn't think about that because they're also teenagers. A lot of them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so what I like, I found this like really like good quote. So like I watch a lot of Netflix and shows. Um, I forgot what the show was, but um, it was just it's not like from a show. It was just the show, and it was this great person. His name is Zhao Dejun, and uh, he, I believe he's Chinese. Uh, he, I believe he's also a scholar. He wrote that the greatest rulers are the ones who hardly know it. Next comes the ones who are beloved and praised. Next are the ones who are here. Next are the ones despised. Um, so Madison and uh, Marielle both brought up amazing points. Great job. I love this tonight um, about how we have good leaders and then we have not so good leaders, but we have the humble leaders right um he really um really really expresses this in this quote because he's basically saying people who want their power people who are feared and do not take into consideration of other people's fears and people who only work for their selfish gain are all ranked from even though they're all leaders they are ranked on their ethics integrity and responsibility um, uh, I believe, like him, that good leaders do not want the power. Instead, um, have the, the best interest of others. However, people who do want their powers are not necessarily bad because using your own um, your own platform, let's say you're popular, to inspire others to do certain things, really make a huge difference. Um, like. For example, Riley. Riley had that platform. She went for it. She decided instead of using that for all her selfish gain, she would do it. Like I believe everyone here would know someone who does it. That a very inspirational person who uses their platform to do good. Um, like I know, like some singers are like Billie Eilish. She's she's like our age, um, and she even like. Uses their platform to do certain things, and she doesn't use it for evil. She uses it to inspire people with her music. And I think that's very, very, very amazing. A lot of kids that are in Hollywood and you know, like pop stars and stuff, we see them. Like I remember when my dad was little, all my dad saw through the media and stuff like that was, you know, this Hollywood person does drugs. This one's an alcoholic. But I think that now the platform has just totally changed like a lot of companies are saying you know if you do bad things we won't hire you like no matter how good of an actor or actress you are so i think that that's really cool that um now we have all these young stars that are kind of rising up and they're learning that you know they have a lot of power at a very young age over a lot of people but they're using it for good you know they're starting charities and you know, they're visiting hospitals and they're making companies that donate to other things. And it's just a very, I'm seeing very good things through the media as far as kids go and the press. 
Um, and that's a very hard thing to do is to be kind of pushed into the spotlight at such a young age. Yeah, I think when people become child stars, like we grew up watching Disney Channel, like uh, those kids now, or even people like Billie Eilish who kind of started later in the game, growing up you make a lot of mistakes and having your entire life be printed in magazines and on websites doesn't leave much margins for error. So I think it's pretty impressive how many of them made it through without having an entire scandal. I mean, teenage years are hard enough without them being recorded for everyone to see them. Oh, for sure. And especially because some of the things in the press aren't even real. Like, they'll take a picture and they'll make up a whole story to go along with it. Another example of manipulation of the press. Yeah, especially with the, like a lot of technology we have, you can Photoshop anything. Oh, you can Photoshop face too. Um, I, I heard there's this new thing. I don't know how new it was, but they would take like a celebrity's face and they can basically put it on someone else's face and it looks like uh, it looks like they're the celebrity. It's just like it's like um and then they did really weird things with it. And I thought that was really crazy. And I wouldn't want my face to be printed on like a whole bunch of things, right? I know, and they're everywhere, you know, where you eat, where you shop, you know, they're literally everywhere. I think that's an abuse of power. I mean, honestly, if I were a celebrity and someone said, oh, I have Facetune, I'd say, hey, can you make my skin look clearer? Like, I wouldn't want you to Photoshop my face on someone else, especially not to children. I mean, imagine being famous, you're already insecure sometimes, and then someone's like, you're not good enough on your body, let me Photoshop you on someone else's. I mean... Uh Mm-hmm. Like, are also people who use their platform for ads? I know, I'm not gonna say the person, I don't think, I don't remember, but I remember um, on social media, I think you guys will know who I'm talking about, uh, on the Black Lives Matter, uh, instead of to be an influencer, they just went to take a picture and then they didn't protest, they just left. So they only wanted it to make sure, like, make it look like they went to the protest and just take a picture so they can post on social media. Um, And then there's also this influencer who photoshopped them holding a sign that says Black Lives Matter in front of a group of protesters. You could tell it's Photoshop because her shadow did not have the poster. Oh, that takes, honestly, it's more effort to Photoshop than to actually just go. (laughs) That is so true. Yeah. And a lot of people use their, uh, like, their accounts on social media for hating on others, which is just, like, so not okay. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, um, my friend who went to Miralest, um, she was really upset, and she came over to my house crying because someone posted her on a Instagram account that was called, like, Miralest's Most Ugly Kids. Like, I think that we just have... I mean, I love social media. I go on it every single day. But I think that that's, we all have power, even if we don't think it, even if the account has 10 followers and you say something mean about someone. I mean, just keep your opinions to yourself. And I really think that only if you can be on social media, you need to be able to handle yourself and not use your platform for hate, even when you don't know the facts, you don't know how that could affect someone. Yeah, yeah, totally. Transition, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a good tie into integrity. And 
if you guys don't have anything else to add, I think we're about to finish our last podcast. Yeah, I just have one more thing, and it's that anything that comes around comes back around. And so um, I believe in karma sometimes. And what's what's thought about these things is you spread hate. You, you won't. You're not a good leader. You use your platform to bag. It's going to affect you in some way, right? Um, it's affected most people in our books, like the bullies. Um, you know, you know, like in instances of being human and in one of the flies with the conflict, what comes around comes back around. And with Madison just telling you about these bullies, what's going to happen is that a college might find it, right? And oh, they'll think, you know, they, they, college is fine. They do a lot of research through social media. Yeah. Like, my dad has not hired people because he sees certain people's social media. Whatever you put out there, it will come back around to you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's an important lesson. Okay. So, I think we have told our people all they need to know about leadership hopefully if any of you want to be future presidents or girl scout leaders i don't really know this helps you gives you some insight so i think sadly we are saying goodbye as our final podcast thank you so much for being with us this entire journey it was a journey for us to start to finish um goodbye from me do you guys want to say anything bye guys bye i'll still be there